where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. Good morning. And welcome to this time of service. Whether you're joining us here in person in this space, or if you're joining us from the comfort of your home, or on the road or someplace else. Whether you're joining us right now, Sunday morning, 10 something, or another day, it's good to be together. And it's good to share an experience of community. So welcome to you, all of you. Not who you wish you were or think you ought to be, but who you are today who you are now, the person that God created you to be. My name is Sarah Verasco. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And along with my colleague, Reverend Amelia Richardson-Dress and Parker Steinmetz and Robert, whose last name is hard for me to say, and our AV team, and all of our worship leaders this morning, our choir and Christy Walker and Bailey Burianic, we want to let you know that you are not just welcome here, but that you're wanted and valued. And there is children's church today, so uh, if you would like to be a part of children's church, I invite you to go outside with Bailey, and you're welcome to come back in and out as you feel moved. So parents, if, if you're new here and if you have uh, kiddos here or grandparents, you're welcome to take them outside to show them what's going on. And please know that movement during the service uh, is okay. It's okay. One of the foundations of this community is the statement, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. So let yourself arrive. Allow yourself to feel the support of whatever you're sitting on. Allow yourself to feel the ground beneath the bottom of your feet. Allow yourself to feel the support of the architecture of your location and the community that is UCC Longmont. And let's see what the Spirit will do with us in this time of worship. And as an introduction, right before the choir's anthem, I want to remind you <laughs> that we have been looking at the characteristics of the life and writings of the prophets. And we've been drawing from the work of Abraham Joshua Heschel, who is a Jewish theologian and rabbi. And he gave us five characteristics. Maybe this is familiar to you. Uh, the first is that prophets are guided. They work closely with God as associates, colleagues, if you will. 
Second is justice and righteousness, which are the highest ideals, according to prophets. The distrust of power, perhaps you remembered um, Pastor Anthony here, who asked us to consider the source of power. Last week, Reverend Amelia talked about intolerance and the refusal to compromise moral responsibility. And this week, we're gonna take a look at love and compassion. It is hard to show God's compassion if you don't know what to look for or what compassion looks like. And that was one of the questions in happenings this week. If you receive our weekly emails and you read them, um, you might have noticed the question that says, uh, if you had to select an image to convey the blessing of compassion, what would you pick? Another way to say that is, what does compassion look like? Anybody have any answers? This is one of those, there's really no wrong answer questions, so it's not a setup. I don't have the right answer. Wide open arms. Thank you, Gay. Say it again. Touchy. Touchy. There's a touch element. Thanks, Wayne. Or Warren, sorry. Yeah, there's a touch element sometimes. Listening. Hmm. Thank you. I see hands held like this. In a heart. Oh, holding a heart in your hands. Hmm, beautiful. I didn't catch that. Anybody else catch that? Bringing food or something to someone who's sick. Yeah, thank you, Allison. Recognizing a need. Yep. Sit with the suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Other things might come to you and just let them come. Maybe take note of times and places where you have experienced or offered compassion. Compassion is not unique to Judaism or Christianity. The sacred scriptures of the Hindus, the Buddhists, the Muslims, the Jews, and Christians all speak about God as the God of compassion. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9 say, God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God is good to all, and God's compassion is over all that God has made. So somehow, all that God has made is covered with God's compassion. Saint Columban, who's an Irish missionary, said, if you wish to know the Creator, come to know their creatures. And Celtic storytellers reinforce a perspective that humans and animals are related to one another and meant to enjoy each other's company as well as alleviate each other's pain. 
I'm sharing that with you because much to my surprise and to anyone that really knows me and my relationship with animals, you're gonna be surprised to hear that the image that came to me for compassion is a dog. I'm afraid of dogs. But as an observer of dogs, I like them from a distance. I just kinda don't like the slobber. I don't like the unpredictability of the jumping and the, you know, it just makes me really nervous. But from a distance, I can see why people love dogs. And I can see the connection and the bond and the caring that is exchanged. So when I think about and look at the word compassion, I see three words. I see compass, companion, and passion. This is not etymology. This does not go back to the roots of the word compassion, but these are the words that I see. And so the compass is always pointing toward the other. You know, you walk in the door, what does the dog do? It wants to greet you immediately. Happy to see you. Waiting, actually, sometimes for you. The companion. Not better than you, but in it with you. Isn't it true that animals have this instinct when someone's not feeling well, that they just come and curl up with you? It's remarkable. And companionship also that's not competitive. We're on the same team here. And there's a passion. And as you know, passion is emotional. When it comes to compassion, I think it's a combination of care and humility. The ability to offer care and to do it with humility. I know what that feels like. Not so much talking about a dog anymore. But who knows? There's a lot I don't know, and there's a lot none of us know. And it might help to distinguish at this point between empathy and compassion. Because empathy is understanding the feeling of another person. But the added element which Allison pointed out to us is that compassion understands the feelings and adds a desire to help. That's a very simple difference that we understand. So if you see someone walk out of the grocery store and they trip and their groceries fall, you can be driving by and say, oh, I know what that feels like. That's a little bit of embarrassment, a little bit of, oh, thank God I didn't fall and hurt myself, and oh, now I gotta pick up these groceries, I'm in everybody's way. So you can understand those feelings, but the compassionate one is going to come up and say, girl, I did that last week, don't worry about it, I gotcha, I'm gonna help you. And they start to pick it up. There's a campaign in schools, and it probably goes by other names depending upon what school you're in. 
but the one that I'm familiar with is called Start With Hello. And I think it's a um, compassion campaign. It recognizes that students who are constantly alone or isolated and lonely are at risk of depression and suicidal thoughts. It acknowledges this and it tries to make it simple for kids because it really is simple. It starts with hello. And the aim of Start With Hello is that no one is left out and no one eats alone in the cafeteria. So what do you have to do? You have to just say, hi. Hey, what's up? What's going on? You could wave. Give a sign of peace, something, anything. And P.S., it works with adults, too. I love that they're teaching children this. I don't know many people who were taught this as a child. I know I wasn't. The intention of it is what I'm referring to, to look out for people who are lonely and alone and isolated and recognize that that can be harmful to people. And so we can, as our hymn said this morning, we can create a bridge of care with a simple word, hello, or hi. Another question in happenings this week was, what does compassion feel like? Sort of on the inside. What does compassion feel like when you're on the receiving end of compassion? What's your sense of that? What does compassion feel like to be on the receiving end? Warm, thank you. Gratitude. Somebody cares. Say it again. Validate, did you say? Valid, thank you. Appreciate the help. Hope. Hmm. Relieved. Thank you. I've noticed that compassion for me feels like space, like as in, there's space for you. There's a space for you. And when I think about architecture, I often think about the architecture of the forest or of our beautiful parks here in Colorado. And it reminds me of what the turning leaves look like. 
Like that's what it feels like inside. There's like this, this bright space that we can share. Galway Kinnell is an American poet, and he wrote a poem called St. Francis and the Sow, as in pig. St. Francis and the pig. And it speaks of what compassion does, the effect of compassion. And it gets into the, the touch that you were talking about, Warren. So here's just the first stanza. The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower. For everything flowers from within of self-blessing. Though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on the brow of the flower and to retell it in words and in touch, it is lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. Compassion can bring one to remember their loveliness. Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) To flower again. We have so many images of that this fall and this summer with the fruit trees that were like amazingly productive this year. It's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Apples everywhere, peaches the size of my fist. After this most challenging of times, the fruit trees have flowered again from within and borne a fruit of blessing. God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God is good to all and God's compassion is over all that God has made. It's hard to show God's compassion if you haven't experienced it, but it sounds like many of you have. It's a good time to remember those moments. And it's hard to experience God's compassion if you don't know what it looks like or feels like. And it sounds like some of you do. We're going to turn to a song now. We're going to sing number 33 in our sing hymnals. As an opportunity, really as a moment of prayer, for you to experience other words that can be connected to compassion, love and peace. To experience the love and peace in this place, in this community, within you. And in turn, to experience the love, peace and compassion of our God. So let's stand together
And we're gonna sing this, and then Robert's gonna continue in music, and I want you to just savor whatever you're feeling, whatever the Spirit is doing within you. And if you're feeling particularly bountiful today, add to it, add to the love and peace in the room.